0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central.
1: Good evening, everyone. It is Wednesday, March the 8th, 2023. It is currently 8.41 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And if I'm honest with you right now, I'm not sitting in a studio. Well, I am sitting in the studio. Literally, literally, I'm sitting inside my studio. Figuratively, I'm sitting underneath a tree and I'm just wishing, I don't know, maybe death. Yeah, that would be good. Maybe the end of my life. That that would probably, I know, a little dramatic, a little over the top. But I feel a little bit like that. You, you know, there's a story in the Bible about someone who sat under a tree and just basically wished that they were dead, wished that they could just, 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 I, I would rather just die because nothing is going my way kind of attitude. Well, that's how I feel this evening. I I am frustrated. I'm irritated. I'm discouraged. I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm depressed. I'm, I'm ready to take my microphone stand, open up this window behind me, throw the microphone stand out, toss the laptop, throw the light, rip everything down, and just, I don't know, turn this studio into, I don't know, just clean everything out and, I don't know, turn it into something else. I don't know what I'll turn it into. But uh, that that's that's how I feel. That's That's how I feel. That's how I, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I could turn on the microphone and go, how are you doing everyone? Isn't God good? And isn't he good all the time? And I could say all that kind of stuff and, and put on a, a a mask and pretend, but I, I am not very good at that. It's just so irritating sometimes. Let let me try to explain just briefly. This is not what I really want to talk about. Let me just explain for some weird reason. Starting, I think, when it started getting close to around the holidays, around Christmas, everything just... I feel like that that things haven't been right really since the holidays. The holidays this year really negatively impacted me emotionally in a just a big way. And I haven't felt that things haven't been right since then. I haven't just... There, when you when you're doing live broadcast and you're teaching and you're preaching, I, I could go through every little thing. Well, this happened and this happened. I, I could go through. I could go through little things, but um, it just it's just like ever that rhythm hasn't been there, and I've just been more and more displeased and more and more frustrated and more and more irritated. Almost every time I turn on the microphone, I'm like, why? What did I do there? And and like the smallest mistakes. This like I'm a not get a word right just immediately and then get the word. It's just these little things are being magnified a thousand times in my mind. And it's just like, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? And then maybe just sometimes you get frustrated when you're trying to deal with major doctrinal issues like law and gospel and, and sanctification and justification. And then, you know, everyone's arguing with you. You're getting emails, you're getting comments and people and, and then you're just like, OK, what do I got to do? And then and I just I don't know. I just felt that the I have felt that the broadcast just hasn't been what it needs to be all of 2023. I mean, I'm basically at this point, I'm just like, can, can I get a do over? Can we go back to January the 1st? I don't really understand exactly why. Yeah. I've had some seizure issues. Maybe that's why I don't know, but everything has just seemed a little bit off. And, um, this, this today, I, I, it's just so weird. The last live broadcast that we did, very important subject, mind you, very important subject about the devotional that Charles Stanley wrote and the devotional podcast that they have in Touch Ministries devotional podcast. And it was dealing with second Peter chapter one. I thought it dealt with sanctification, justification, uh, a, a lot of issues about salvation and and I thought okay this is a very 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 important subject all right I think the very I think the first half maybe the first 31 minutes I thought was strong I thought it was doing pretty good then around 32 33 minute mark we have a temporary internet outage okay we didn't lose everything I think I I handled that relatively well I paused as I was waiting for everything to reconnect I I then kind of re, you know, restated where we were. I I was able to edit that. I think okay. I think I did pretty good. But as soon as that happened, my mind was having a hard time focusing because my mind kept thinking, "Look, maybe you should just maybe you should just stop, just and just give up for the day and just say, you know what, guys, that's the end. Just stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it." But I proceeded, and at that point, I I was conflicted in my mind. Okay, did that mess it up? How bad did that mess it up? But I'm trying to proceed like, hey, everything is good. Everything is great. We've got this. And then I get to, uh, I, I had, I had, we had listened to the devotional by Charles Stanley and then we were reading an article that someone had sent me responding to it. Now, the way the article was written, I will say at times, it was a little, well, I think most of the time it was pretty, it was pretty easy to follow. But I think when they got to, I think statement number four, they were looking at the different ways Charles Stanley kind of went a little sideways in his understanding of salvation, justification, sanctification. Uh, the first, I think three was pretty well written, but the fourth one was just a little odd. It was a little awkward. It was a little off. And it, I, I felt like I had to read it twice and it just felt, it just felt off. So by the time that broadcast was over, (laughs) I was, I was over. Okay. I was done. I was so, at first I had to then, soon it was over, I had to go then grab the audio, upload the audio, then edit the audio, then, then read back, download it, then re-upload it, and then try to fix it in all the platforms. Okay, that was already like, okay, last thing I want to do. And I was just like, how how could that just go? So it's just, it's one of those situations. It's one of those, have you ever felt in your life, like, can I get one, can I do, could I, could I get one thing right? Ladies and gentlemen, could I, could I do, could I do one thing right this week? One thing. Just, could I do one thing? Could I do one broadcast right? Could I say all the words right? One, could I do one thing right? And uh, well, sometimes it doesn't work that way. So it's, it's, I, so, so what do I decide to do? What do I decide to do? The normal person would be like, you know what? Just call it a night. Just call it a night. You know what? Just shut everything down. Go listen to some music. Go watch your favorite television show. Just do, just find what you want to do and just, just, just don't think about it. But no, 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 like – garbage, you're trash, right? Give up, give up, burn, burn the house down, you know, stand in front of the train. You're finished, right? That kind of thing. So what do I do? I walk up here, and you know what I'm going to do? I know what I'll do. I'll turn on the microphone and do an impromptu work through of second Peter chapter one. That, that, I mean, come on, what could possibly go wrong with that? Do an impromptu kind of exegetical work on a passage without any real prep like that. Isn't that brilliant? Isn't that the smart thing to do when you, when you need to get that one win, you need to get everything done right. You come up here and you're like, I'll grab two translations. Here we go. I'll grab a journal. I'll grab a pencil and we'll just we'll just turn on the microphone and do an impromptu discussion of 2 Peter chapter 1 based a little bit off what we talked about in the last broadcast. I mean, come on. That's how you fix the problem, right? No, no, what you would think, you'd be like, "No, no, 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 no." Take 24 hours. Let it pass then then really 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 be very careful about the next broadcast you do think it through over prepare make give yourself the best opportunity for uh, like, if I was counseling someone, I know all the right words to say. Isn't it weird how it's so easy to counsel someone versus counseling yourself? Like, I should just give my—I should give myself the best opportunity. Okay, tomorrow I'm gonna like—I I should have spent the evening going. Okay, I'm gonna do these four broadcasts tomorrow. Okay, I need this. I need this. I need this. Okay, okay. Make sure I focus on how to how to say that. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Start. I'm gonna start at set up a, t- have it all mapped out so that I would at least give myself the greatest opportunity for say four home runs, four home runs backed like boom, 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 boom. And I'd be like, yeah, there I am. I'm back. I've got it. I've got it. But no, 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 no. I'm like, you know what I'll do? I'll just walk up there turn on the computer, go live on the internet and say, ladies, no safety net, no safety net. Let's just jump into second Peter chapter one because of the doctrinal controversy we stumbled in in the last live broadcast. We'll just, yeah. I mean, who does that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like my solutions are the worst solution. Here's my solution. You feel like a failure. You feel stupid. You feel like you keep making mistakes. You feel like you can't get that one broadcast that you can feel proud of. Here's what you do. Go put yourself in the absolute worst position to do a good one. In fact, go put yourself in a position where you may absolutely make a 100 mistakes. Go do that. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'll do. That's what. So here I sit. Here I sit. Ready to completely mess this up. But you know what? So I don't know. Am I, am I, am I, is this self sabotage? Right? Am I, have I purposely put myself in a position where there's a high probability this is going to be an epic train wreck so that I can feel even worse? Have you, have you ever self sabotaged your own self? Right? Like, you know, that, you know, don't do that. That's not going to make it better. But you're like, that's it. That's, that's the thing I'm going to do. I'm going to do the thing that's going to destroy. I me. Mean, that's, that's my solution. That's my solution. So I don't know. Are you ready? See, now at this point, you know what I'm thinking right now? I'm thinking I've spent 12 minutes doing this horrible introduction, doing this horrible introduction because it has literally nothing to do with what I'm getting ready to do. So now I'm thinking, what's the point? Why am I going to do this now? <laughs> See, so now I'm thinking, okay, no matter how good the we our discussion is on 2 Peter 1, no matter how good the discussion is, all I'm going to think about, I've got that stupid 13-minute intro. That, see, I can't win. I can't win. I can't win. No matter what I do, I cannot win. I cannot give myself a win. I can't. I can't buy myself a win. I can't borrow myself a win. I can't do anything right. Okay, but that's okay. That's okay. Man, I'm going to find some way. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I will find some way as we're working through Second Peter to make it circle back around to this very long, seemingly unrelated introduction All right. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make, stay with me. I will make it work. I promise you it may not make any sense logically, but I'm going to make it work. I promise you I'm going to make it work. I promise you I'm going to make it work. I promise you. All right. So we'll see what we can do. I am having, I am having some, uh, physical issues, uh, that I won't go into detail about. Uh, so I am having, uh, so I'm having some medical issues happening. So, do I use that as an excuse? See, that just sounds like you, I'm, I'm making an excuse for my mess up. So I'm not going to make that. Just forget that. All right. So are you ready? Second Peter chapter one. Let's start with this. First, it all started with a devotional from Charles Stanley. I started getting emails about this devotional. It sounds like a, another ministry also addressed this and they wrote an article about it. So I'm not seeing it's like this big controversy, because most of the internet probably doesn't even care about this. But this is where I found myself today. So we're going to go back and listen to just a little bit of the actual devotional from the Touch ministry, Charles Stanley's ministry. I have it in printed form, but we'll listen to it because I like the audio better. And we'll just kind of just help you hear some of the problems, hear some of the problems. I won't, I won't take this apart too much. And then we will then we will jump in. They're going to read Second Peter chapter 1 so that will help us. Um, you can listen to the translation they read it from. You can look at it. If you uh, I have the King James here in front of me, I also have the Christian standard Bible here next to me. We may also look it up in like every English. We'll look, we're going to look at verse 11 in, I think every translation. But let's just go to this, try to remind us and let's dig in and see what we can have. There's one major question I'm going to try to answer tonight. But I think I'm also going to try to attach this, as I've already said. I'm going to circle back around to my introduction. I'm going to connect my introduction. You watch. I'm going to connect my introduction, and it's going to make sense. It's going to make sense. I promise you it's going to make sense. Here we go. This is Charles Stanley. This is from like February. I think this devotional aired on all the different podcasting apps like February the 16th, February the 18th. I don't know why March the 8th, all of a sudden everyone's talking about it, but that's just the way the internet works. So let's
2: go back and listen to this. Here's today's In Touch Devotion.
0: Today's scripture reading begins in verse one of 2 Peter chapter one. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ Through these He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world on account of lust. Now, for this very reason, also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control." and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they do not make you useless nor unproductive in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the one who lacks these qualities is blind, or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choice of you, for as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you.
1: Okay. Now there's a lot there in second Peter verses one through 11, and we're going to work through it all. My focus, my, my, my initial thought when I came up here is really, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out verse 11. Because if you go back to second Peter chapter one through this, there's just a section where like, okay, add to your faith all of these things. And it gives you these things to add, and we will go through them step by step. So we're supposed to add to all of this. And then you have verse 11, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Some seem to almost approach this, hey, if you don't add these things clearly, then you're not going to heaven because you were never saved. Some would say, if you don't add these things to your faith, then you won't get into heaven because you lost your salvation. So some will say, well, you were never saved. Some say you lost your salvation. Some say you have to do these things in order to be saved. There's all these different approaches. How should we approach this? Do I look at my life and go, "Oh well, wait, I've got to add all of these things to my faith. In other words, faith is not enough. I've got to add all of these things. And if I don't add all of these things, it, it, I mean, ultimately it doesn't matter if I say, You were never saved, you lost it. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is you're not saved. So if I look at these things that I have to add, oh boy. I don't know. I, I'm in a little bit of trouble. Maybe I'm in a lot of trouble tonight, and maybe that how that's how it relates to my introduction because this is just a normal night in my life, and I right now don't feel like I care about any of those things if I'm being honest with you. So what does that mean? Well, we're going to have to figure that out. But let's listen to the devotional that co- caused and sparked all of well, the whatever level of controversy it is. All right, here we go.
2: Some people think of salvation as a single point in time.
1: All right there's the first issue and, and and this is kind of what the article tried to break down is that they they like wait a minute. So when you say salvation, some people see salvation simply as a moment in time and they're they're going to kind of go a different direction with this Sh- should we see salvation as a specific moment in time? Like that October evening Whatever year it was when I was a teenager, it was, an oct- it was October, a fall revival service at First Baptist Church, Tuscola, Texas, sitting in the pew. I could probably, I don't, I'd probably not even the same pews there anymore. I could probably get close to the same area in the sanctuary, but um, in that spot where all of a sudden I broke down and and then that night, I believe that's when I was saved. Was that salvation at a moment in time or do we see salvation as encompassing everything from our profession of faith, per se, all the way to our glorification. How should we see salvation as a one-moment thing or as a process where we progress slowly through it? How, how should we see it? I'm going to back this up just a little.
2: Here we go. Some people think of salvation as a single point in time. And it's true that the moment trust is placed in Jesus, a person permanently becomes a member of God's family. It's also true that limiting the definition to that single faith decision gives an incomplete picture. Salvation includes three parts. One, justification, the moment our sins are eternally forgiven and Christ's perfect righteousness is imputed to us. Okay. Now that's the part everyone seems to
1: agree with in theory In practice. I think everyone really doesn't believe this. Hey, how are you saved? By justification. How am I justified? By faith alone. What happens in justification? Christ's perfect righteousness is imputed to me. So before God, I am perfect. I am holy. I'm righteous. Has nothing to do with my actions. But what we come along and say, well, you may be justified by an imputed righteousness. However, if you don't do this and this and this and this and this, you are never saved. Well, how can my actions prove or disprove an imputed righteousness? Because an imputed righteousness has nothing to do with my actions. You would have to, if the only way you can judge, the only way you can look to actions to prove or disprove salvation is you would have to believe we are saved by an infused righteousness, which is Roman Catholicism.
2: 2. Sanctification. Not only are we declared righteous, we enter the process of becoming increasingly righteous in this life. And 3. Glorification. God grants us the position of being glorified, and He completes the process when we experience perfect sinlessness at the resurrection. It's a package deal. Those who are justified are being sanctified and will be thoroughly glorified. How can we claim we're saved? if sanctification isn't happening in our lives.
1: All right now there's the big thing. How can you claim to be saved if sanctification is not happening in your life? So what's the basis of your assurance? Your sanctification. Now, so my assurance is not based then on imputed righteousness, it's based off practical righteousness. And if I don't have enough practical righteousness, then I can't say that I'm saved. Well, how much practical righteousness do you need to prove that you're saved? And even if I have a certain practical righteousness on a Monday, what if that practical righteousness is not present on a Tuesday? And some people say, no, it's about the totality of one's life. Well, I won't know the totality of one's life until I get to the end of my life, meaning I can never be sure I'm saved until I get to the end of my life and go, well, I think I've got enough sanctification to prove that I'm saved. That That just destroys assurance. And not only that, My entire salvation is being based off what I do or don't do. It's not based off what Christ has done. This is majorly problematic.
2: Now, the degree of godliness and fruitfulness varies with each individual. But as those of us who are believers cooperate with Him, God has promised to complete the good work He began in our life. As we read in Philippians 1, verse 6, Jesus is our master because He purchased us from sin with His blood. And we see in Romans 10 verse 9 that when we confess and believe that God raised the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, we are saved. The question is whether we're submitting to His process of sanctification. Has your life changed since you first professed Christ? Are you diligently cooperating with the Holy Spirit so that your life is a reflection of Jesus' life?
1: So then it comes back to are you doing this? Have you done this? Have you done this? And then once again, if it's if it's God the one if God is the one doing the sanctification, we talked about this in the last broadcast. This just it's just this is the part that I just get so frustrated with with Christian Christians because it's this weird like world of of such duplicity and duality and confusion. And I don't even know if those are the right words. It's just a world of like does anyone stop to listen to themselves? So let me try to explain this. If God is doing the sanctifying, in other words, whatever changes happen in my life, whatever level of holiness I reach, that's all the work of God. Well, then anything that's not there, would, would that not be God's fault? It's, it's this weird thing. Like, So if I'm sanctified in this area, in this area, in this area, God gets the credit. If I'm not sanctified, I get the blame. Well, why would I get the blame? Because God can only do what I allow him to do. And if if I'm the one allowing God to do this or not do this, well, then isn't it me doing, then isn't sanctification then up to me? It's not up to God. So like in some ways we're like, God gets the credit. On the other cases, we get the blame. But if I'm the one who can stop it or allow it, then it's me determining how much sanctification will or will not be in my life. And if I allow God to do full sanctification, then can I not be perfect? Well, then you'll never be perfect. It's just so maddening. The It's like the circles we just run. In, and, and it's like, whenever you try to point it out, Christians get mad at you and bothered and frustrated. I'm like, don't get mad at me. I'm just trying to go, I, this makes no sense to me. So there was the devotional. There's so many issues with it. But let's go back to 2 Peter chapter 1. All right, now let's just work on it. I got the King James in front of me. Here we go. Here we go. Let's start in verse five. 2 Peter chapter one, verse five. I know it starts with and. This translation, how does this translation begin? Oh, I'm hitting the microphone. This translation is, see, now I'm gonna be bothered by that all night that I hit the microphone. Um, second Peter chapter one, verse five, this one says for this very reason. All right. So, um, we could go back and look at verse four to try to figure it out, but I just want you to see what he wants us to do in verse five. All right. Cause it is something that we are supposed to do. Look at it. And besides this, here we go. Giving all diligence, so we need to give every amount of diligence we have. see, so what uh, another trans, this other translation, instead of using diligence, what word does it use? What do I need to do? It says by uh, by these. Oh, see, so, you no, know, verse five. Verse five. Here we go. For this very reason, make every effort, make every effort, <laughs> make every effort. This translation is giving all diligence. We're gonna have to look up the Greek word. We're gonna have to look up the Greek word here we're going to have to. It's just, it's screaming that we have to right here. So I'm going to look up the Blue Letter Bible app. I'm going to open up the Blue Letter Bible app. I'm going to go to 2 Peter chapter 1, and I'm going to go to verse 5. I'm going to go to verse 5. Diligence. The the King James uses the word diligence. That comes from this Greek word. Everybody ready? Everybody ready? Here we go. Are you ready?
3: Strong's G 4710. Spoo day.
1: Spoo Oh, we can do that. Look, ladies and gentlemen, I got one right. Spoo I can literally say it. Spoo Okay, ladies. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I gotta do this. I got a word right. Spoo Yes. Spoo All right. So here we go. There we go. Thank you, guys. Guys, enough, 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 enough. Okay. So see, I've got, I got some, somebody's trying to encourage me. Thank you very much for that encouragement. All right. Spoo I'm having a little bit of fun. All right. But I have to give due diligence. I have to give spoo day. Now, the, it's used 12 times. Five times it's translated diligence, two times haste, one time business, one time care, one time forwardness, uh, for, uh forwardness. Uh, next one, earnest care, carefulness. Strong's definition of spoudé, speed, by implication, eagerness, earnestness, business, care, diligence, haste. So I need to do something quickly. I need to do something immediately. Like immediately because of my—it's almost like because I am saved, then I need to immediately do something. I need to give haste to do something. The outline of biblical usage says haste, with haste, earnestness, diligence, earnestness and accomplishing, promoting, striving after anything to give all diligence, interest oneself most earnestly. So I need to give my interest, my focus to this. Like now that I'm a Christian, here's what I need to do. I need to earnestly, quickly, diligently give myself over to this. And to what exactly? Here's what I need to do. I need to give all diligence, add to your faith. I'm going to come over here. Second Peter chapter one verse five. In this in this translation, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. I need to add to my faith. I need to supplement my faith. Now immediately we have to ask this question. Now, why am I adding to my faith? Am I adding to my faith to prove that I'm saved? Like if I don't add to my faith, well, my faith alone is not sufficient because some and I used to preach it a lot of preachers preach it because it sounds so good you are the, you are saved by faith alone but the faith that saves never remains alone in other words if your faith alone remains alone then you were never saved because that faith alone will have to produce something meaning then that I'm not my faith I'm not saved by faith alone Because of an imputed righteousness, I'm saved by a faith alone that produced that does not remain alone. That's how we would have to literally preach it. It preaches so good. The faith we're saved by faith alone, but that faith does not remain alone. Everyone loves that statement. They'll be like, hey man, that was really good, brother. That was great. That was, yeah, it's all great until you really think about what you're saying because you're like, well, wait a minute. Okay, so then I'm not saved by faith alone. Because if that faith remains alone, then I'm not saved. So then you would say you're saved by faith alone, only if after you have believed, other things are added to that faith. So am I adding to faith in order to either be saved? Am I adding to that faith in order to prove that I'm saved? And what happens to imputed righteousness? But let's see what we're supposed to add. Here we go. Here's what we're supposed to add. You ready? Here's what we're supposed to add. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. So the first thing is virtue. I'm going to look in this translation. This translation gives us, um, where is it? I don't like the way this translation, uh, the, I, I don't break the verses down very good. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness. So we have virtue or goodness. I'm going to write these down. I'm going to write these down. I got my I got my journal here. I got my journal. All right? I'm going to write down virtue, number 1. Virtue. I can't spell right. Hey, imagine that. Virtue. Okay. Let's let's look up the word virtue just so that we know what we're supposed to be adding, right? If we've got to add if we're supposed to add this to our faith, not only do we have to determine what happens if we don't. We need to know exactly what we're supposed to be supplementing our faith with. All right. So uh, add your faith virtue. Here we go. The interlinear for the King James. Let's see here. Where is virtue? Here is virtue. It is this Greek word. It is this Greek word. You ready? Here we go.
3: Strong's G703. Arete. Arete.
1: Arete. Arete. Does does that sound okay? Do I get an applause? No, I probably don't. Arete, all right? right, Arete is used five times, virtue four times, one time, praise. Strong's definition, uh, manliness. That's interesting. I got valor, valor, excellence, uh, praise, virtue, all right? It's a it's a, uh, it's a virtuous course of thought, feeling and action, virtue, moral goodness, any particular moral excellence as modesty and purity. Oh, well, I am in trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm in trouble because if I'm supposed to add this to my faith and this is supposed to prove that I'm saved, I'm supposed to add to my faith a moral excellence. A modesty, a purity. Now you could say modesty and purity and action. Well, I can think of all of these things that I've wanted to do that I have avoided. I could think a lot of things that I've wanted to do that I have not actually done. So I could be like, look at me. I've added virtue. I've added modesty. I added purity because I didn't do this action, this action, this action. (laughs) Oh, but ladies and gentlemen, we will not talk about the thinking. We won't talk about the thoughts. We won't talk about the desires because I would be placed in hell, I don't know, before I started. Oh, don't act so godly like you're you're better than me because I bet you the same is true of you. So now you see how this becomes so, so how do we do this? We've got to add these things to our faith. If this is going to determine whether my salvation is proved or disproved, if we're going to go that direction, you see where we're going to immediately end up. Hey, have you added virtue, modesty, purity? Have you done? Well, yes. I mean, I haven't done this and this and this. Oh, really? You haven't done any of that? Well, congratulations. You haven't physically murdered anyone, but have you murdered someone in your mind and in your heart and your feelings? You haven't said what you feel about that person, but haven't you felt horrible things about them? Like you may not have said those words to their face. You've said it behind their back. You may not have had physical relations with that person, but you've desired it and thought about it and imagined it. Oh, come on. Or see? So like immediately then I'm like, well, then I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Just, I just, it's over. Just end the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're only at the first one. Let's go to the next one. So we have virtue. We're to add virtue next, and to virtue, knowledge. No, I may be able to. I may be able to do good with knowledge. I may be able to do good with knowledge. Hang on, let's write it down. Number two, I may be able to brag about this one. Knowledge. I can't. I can't spell right. So maybe maybe I fell in knowledge. I'm going to pick only the areas of knowledge that matters. Right. So let's look at this one. Um, supplement your faith with goodness. Goodness with knowledge. All right. So we got a we got an agreement on knowledge here. I bet you there shouldn't be anything in the Greek word that should cause us any confusion. Right. Everything should make perfect sense here, shouldn't it? I think it should. Let's go here. Add to faith to virtue. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Okay. Go back to the interlinear. Knowledge should be straightforward. Oh, is, is it Gnosis? Is it Gnosis?
3: Strong's G, 1108.
1: Gnosis. Gnosis. It's Gnosis. All right. Or we get Gnostic. Gnosis. Okay, all right, Gnosis. All right. Um, I say Gnosis, but I'm in Texas. Gnosis. Okay, well, however. All right, you get the idea. It's used 29 times, 28 times knowledge, one times science. That's interesting. Strong's definition, knowing. Uh, by implication, knowledge, knowledge, science, uh, knowledge, uh, the outline of biblical usage from Thayer's Greek lexicon, knowledge signifies in general intelligence or understanding, the general knowledge of Christian religion, the deeper moral, a more perfect and enlarged knowledge of this religion, such as belongs to the more advanced of things lawful and unlawful for Christians, moral wisdom, such as seen in living right. Okay, so this has a moral wisdom, but just, just a knowledge of of, well, the truths of Christianity, All right, so I have to add moral purity, but now I'm supposed to add to this knowledge. Now, some people may look at this, and this would be interesting. I wonder how, if we listen to a lot of sermons on this, would some people reduce this knowledge to, let's say, theology proper, right? All the different elements of theology, you know, soteriology, um, eschatology, ecclesiology, uh, all all the different uh, uh, different aspects and uh, of theology. Would this, would, in other words, would some people preach this as basically theological, doctrinal, and biblical knowledge, or would some people want to focus not on that kind of knowledge but on a moral knowledge, on a knowledge of what's right and what's wrong? So, because the, because you could play this a couple of ways. Like for me, because of all of my study and schools and diplomas and, and degrees for and the, theological study, religious education, I could I could put my pat myself on the back. All the reading the church fathers, reading systematic theologies, reading the Bible over and 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 over. I could be like, well, look at me. I have faith and I have knowledge. Woohoo! But other people like, no, 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 no. That kind of knowledge puffs up. It doesn't count. No, you need a moral knowledge. So some people may focus on knowing right and wrong. So I, I don't know. Would, would, do you think there are people make a distinction of what kind of knowledge that is? Do you think it matters? But then the issue is how much knowledge do you have? See, some of you may be able to say, hey, I don't know what your issue is with moral purity, but I am morally pure in thought and word and deed. Well, congratulations. Thank you. You make me look really bad. But then I could probably look at you and go, let's go. Let's test our knowledge. So what happens if you. Now, we do need the goodness and we do need the knowledge. Let's see what's next. And uh, so we add to our faith virtue, to virtue to virtue, knowledge, knowledge temperance, temperance. Let's go to this translation. What do they use? They use self-control, self-control, self-control. Let's go back to the Blue Letter Bible app, to the Blue Letter Bible app. I'm trying to hurry. I know we're already at 40 minutes. But that's okay. I'm trying to hurry. I mean, come on. This can't go perfectly, so something's got to go wrong here. All right, let's see here. Uh, we have a temperance. Let's open up the interlinear. Temperance. It, oh, it's this uh, Greek word. Yeah, this is the one I'm going to mess up. Here we go.
3: Strong's G, 1466.
1: Ekratia. 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 If I look at the word, I'm going to say it completely wrong. Ekratia. If I look at it, it's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to completely destroy it. Ekratia. All right. It's used four times, temperance all four times. It means self-control, the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions and his sensual appetites. Self-control, temperance. Now, once again, I, I could, I could look at this in a lot of ways, right? I can like okay. I got that moral purity. I've got that knowledge. Now self control. Now, I, I, and this is just this is just the way we have to discuss this. If I use self control to avoid a certain act, right? I I don't I don't seek pleasure by I don't do this act or this act. Can I pat myself on the back and go look at me? I didn't do that, but. But what what does that gain if I've committed the act 227 billion times in my mind? Right? What what if in my 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 mouth I've I have forgiven the person and I always treat them good? Outwardly, but inwardly, I'm still filled with bitterness and hatred, and in my mind, I've played out vengeance a hundred and seventy five thousand times. I mean, it's something to consider, right? All right, so we add so we add to our faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, from temperance, patience, I'm supposed to be writing these down. I'm, I'm no longer writing these down because I realized that I'm already at 42 minutes. I'm supposed to be adding patience. All right. Now, patience is this Greek word here. If I can find it. Temperance, patience. The I mean, I, I don't think we need a lot of help figuring out patience. Patience is this Greek word.
3: Strong's G, 5281.
1: Hupamane. 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 Hupomene, once again, if I look at it, I'm probably going to mess it up. Hupomene, it's used 32 times, patience 29 times. It's steadfastness, constancy, endurance. In the New Testament, the char- characteristic of a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and suffering. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, do you remember that introduction I gave you? See, I'm supposed to not be d- swerved or swayed from my purpose, and I remain committed, even at, even in the midst of greatest trials and sufferings. Well, things go a little bit wrong for me, and I get frustrated, and I and I get ah, I none of the broadcasts are going good, and I start doing less and less, and I get more frustrated, I get more irritated. Have have I allowed myself to not shown this kind of endurance? this constancy, this steadfastness because I've allowed other things to sway me and move me from what I'm supposed to be doing. Like it's March of 2023. Should I not have done far more than I've done, better than I've done? More, like have I failed in a million ways because what? I allowed what? Emotions, things to get in my way? Yeah, Probably. So we have, we are to add to our faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, good, uh, godliness. I was going to say goodliness. Godliness, right? Godliness. This, uh, this translation is, let me see here. Because uh, well, the other one, instead of patience, they have endurance, all right? And then godliness, godliness. Now, godliness is, let's see here godliness. Godliness. These are all things we're supposed to be doing. Godliness here is this Greek word. Oh man, we're in trouble. Godliness. Here it is.
3: Strong's G 2150.
1: you Eusebio. 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 Yusebaya. All right, I have to really break it down. You I, ayah. I have to really break that last part down. You I, I know it doesn't sound right, but that's the only way I can do it. Okay. Sumi. I, I know. All right. You All right. You Yuseb you Right? You I, ayah. If I look at it, I really have to break it down phonetically. All right. Um it's used 15 times, 14 times godliness, one time holiness. The strongest definition. Are you ready? Piety. Godliness. Holiness, reverence, respect, piety towards God, godliness. Now, we're supposed to be adding godliness and holiness to our faith. I know I agree we're called to do these things, but ladies and gentlemen, come on. Like, at at what point would you just be like, well, the, the gig is up right here. It's over. The game's up. Because no I, I I mean how much godliness like like when whenever you say, "Look, I've been acting really godly in this way to truly be adding godliness to your life, to be adding holiness i mean that's that's moral perfection unless you're going to define godliness and holiness as less than perfect, and just think godliness and holiness would require. The it to be consistent not only externally, but internally mind, thought, word, deed, desire. So I don't know, I would already be in serious trouble. And then we're, we're, the last two are simple brother kindness, and then brother kindness, charity. So now this is how you treat other people, and then charity is love. Your love for other people and just love, love for God, love for, in fact, the other translation states it this way. You add godliness with godliness, brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. So how you you treat other people. Do you have brotherly affection for other people? This kind of love, this compassion, this, this right way of treating other people, not only externally, but internally. And then do you have a true biblical, godly love, not only for your brother, but even for your enemy. Now, all of these things, I am more than committed to saying that we are supposed to be adding these things, but I want you to realize that you are going to fail in these over and over and over and over and over and over. Again, I will just say knowledge. How many Christians, how, how dedicated and committed are you to really growing in your understanding of doctrine and theology? How much time do you spend reading your Bible? How much sp- time do you spend in meaningful Bible study? How much time do you spend memorizing scripture? Come on, be honest. Compared to all the other things you, you desire and you focus and you worry about. and uh, give, uh, Come on, we know. All the statistics show that the average Christian spends very little time in any meaningful Bible study. You would already be in trouble. Now, we are to add all of these things, right? And I, and I think we should be adding all of these things. I'm, I'm not saying we shouldn't, but here we go. Now, here we go. Verse 11, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to look at verse 11 in a different translation. If anyone speaks, uh, okay, I'm in First Peter chapter four. What just happened? What happened? I lost, I lost my sp- spot. I'm like, what is going on? Second Peter chapter one. Now look at verse eleven in this translation. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. Oh boy. Now, we're gonna have to read all the verses in between all of these things, all right? So we're to add all of this. Now, here we go. Uh, The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. All right, now, I don't have a problem here. This seems straightforward. Hey, if I don't add all of these things, I am forgetting really the positional reality. See, all of my sins have been forgiven. I have been purified positionally, and now I am forgetting that, and I'm not living like that. In other words, my actions, if I don't add these things, are not going to be in perfect harmony with my position. And guess what? My actions will never be in perfect harmony with that. This, uh, The King James states it this way, for if these things be in you and abound Uh, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. I was purged from my old sins positionally. I was never purged from all of my sins practically or I would be holy. I would be perfect, but we're not. So, so far, we're good. Now, all right, next verse. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fail. Now, some people say, we'll make my calling and election sure by looking if I'm doing these things. But if you're doing these things, I don't know how that's going to make prove your calling an election because you're never going. You're You're going to you're going to find yourself in trouble with all of these things. Now, I know this. I can look to my position in Christ and all of these things are perfectly true of me. Are not all of these things true of Christ? Did not Christ have faith? Obviously, he believed in the Father, right? When we say faith, I know that's kind of a weird way of saying it, but he obviously believed in the Father. He trusted in the Father, right? Obviously, you got the Trinity. Obviously, he had virtue. Obviously, he had knowledge. Also, also, he had temperance. Also, he had patience, and he had godliness, and he had brother, uh, uh, and he had uh, brotherly kindness, and he had love. So all of that is true of Christ. So the only way for me to make my calling and election sure, people would say, I've got to do that by what I do, but I will never make my calling and election sure by looking to those actions because those actions are always going to be a mess in my life. So then how do we understand the next verse? For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What do we mean that an entrance is going to be ministered to me abundantly? What does that mean? Because some people read this to mean, hey, you don't get into heaven if you haven't added all of those things. You don't add all of those things, you don't get into heaven. Or if you don't add all of these things, you prove that you were never saved, so therefore you won't go to heaven. Well, once again, all of my focus is on me, what I'm doing. Well, I, th- then I'm not saved by an imputed righteousness. Let's look really quick at how all the English translations handle this. Let's take a look really quick and see. All right, here we go. I'm going to go 2 Peter. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 11. I'm going to pull up the uh, biblehub.com. Oh, now, okay, now th- this makes a little bit more sense. 2 Peter 1, 11. Uh, I'm going to go through all the different translations. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, does this get to some kind of idea of In other words, think of it this way. We know that Paul seems to speak of a a judgment. I know that not everyone agrees with this. We can get into the different arguments within Christianity. Some believe there's just one judgment. Some believe there's a judgment of unbelievers, and there's a judgment of believers. If we go that there's a judgment of believers, it seems that some believers will stand there, and all of their works are just going to go, they're going to burn up. They're not going to have anything. Yet, they're still going to be saved. They're still going to be saved because they're saved by an imputed righteousness. But this would be a situation. Here's someone who they have added all of these things. So they have kind of a rich entrance into heaven. They will receive a, a rich welcome. The next translation, New Living Translation. They Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom. Um, so, so, or for in this way, there will be a richly, uh, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom. Some say, and you will receive a lavish reception. In other words, there will, da, is it true? And we just, and this is just a theoretical, but I mean, we have to understand this in some way that some people are going to stand before God as a believer, their works are going to burn up. They're not, they didn't add anything to their faith. They've got, they've got the imputed righteousness. They get into heaven. Great. They have eternal life. So obviously it's not horrible. It's not bad, but, but all, everything else is gone. And others will have added to their faith, all of these things and then they re, re they will there will be some kind of a reward there will be some kind of lavish reception for they were they showed their gratitude for God's grace and mercy remembered his forgiveness and then added these things to their faith that seems to make more sense than saying no 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 if you don't have these things you don't get into heaven you were never saved well wait a minute That means I'm not saved by an imputed righteousness. If I look at it from this perspective, I would be saved by an imputed righteousness, right? Because if I have an imputed righteousness, if everything burns up, I'm still saved because I have an imputed righteousness. But I may lose reward. Other translations say... uh, Let's see here. How how do other translations have this? How do other translations have this? Other translations have this. um, Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to look for the uh, amplified. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly provided to you. Some will say richly uh, 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 provided for you. Other translations, abundantly supplied to you. So this is like, this is not just entrance in. There's something abundant about this entrance. Something, something abundant. And I think what's abundant here is because you're bringing with your faith all of these things you've added to it. Here's my faith. That gives me the imputed righteousness. And here's all these things I've added to my faith. So my entrance in is abundant because I'm bringing with my faith all of these things I've added to it. virtue. Self-control, love, brotherly affection, godliness. That's the that, look, nothing else makes any sense. That, that's the only thing that seems to make any sense. And I'm 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 I'm. I'm gonna find the passage just to see that you know what I'm referring to here. All right. Um so you know that I'm not making uh, making things up. All right, here we go. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Give me one second. I'm looking. I'm looking for the passage. If I was in church, I would make everyone else look it up right here and then act like that they didn't, uh, if they couldn't find it, I'd be like, what's your problem? You need to find it because I need it. All right, here we go of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than what is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Look at verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, if you're adding virtue, self-control, temperance, godliness, brotherly affection, love, then there's going to be a lot that goes with that. So there's a ritual, a ritual, a rich abundance that you enter in. Because you have these things with it. Others are going to be like, I got nothing to carry in with me. It all burned up at this judgment that Paul seems to be re- 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 talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, I know some people are like, nope, only one judgment. Others were like, well, wait a minute. How can a believer be judged? All of our sins have been forgiven. I understand that. This is not really focusing on sin. This is focusing in a sense what we have added to our faith. Because of our sins being forgiven. That is First Peter, Second Peter, Chapter One, verses one through eleven. Now, I can look at my life. I didn't write them all down. I was writing them down. I got virtue and knowledge. We should write them all down. We need to ask ourselves every day, are we adding these things to our faith? Are we? Now, in Christ Jesus positionally i've got all of these things so if my entrance into heaven does require these things i get into heaven i'm i'm always set because i have virtue i have temperance i have self control i have godliness i have brotherly affection i have love i have i have ever all of that that i need in christ jesus so if this is required for salvation i'm saved right so no problem my, my salvation is good but if this determines in a sense how i enter into heaven Do I enter into heaven in a kind of a, 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 almost a celebratory way because I've brought all of this with me? Then guess what? I have to add to this, to my faith. And I need to be adding these things to my faith every day. And every day I fall short and I'm always going to fall short. Doesn't mean I give up. Means I try. Some days I exercise self-control. I'll just give you, some days I exercise self-control Physically, I don't do a certain this or a certain that. There are certain days I demonstrate great self-control and what I do and don't do. Physically, there are some days I don't exercise self-control mentally. Some days I exercise good self-control mentally and physically. So, So I'm always struggling with it. Some days I think I have great brotherly affection for other people. There are other days I just really hate the whole world and I don't love and I don't have any brotherly affection. Some days outwardly I seem to have great brotherly affection, but inwardly I'm like, I just wish everyone would go away. Some days I've got, I've got, I think inwardly I feel it more than I show it outwardly. I mean, sometimes it's all over the place. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm dropping books and and hitting the microphone and I've probably done that about 50 times. I think the point is, if you go back to the intro... I'm telling you all my struggles and frustrations and, and, and all of those things going on inside of me and I'm supposed to be a believer who believes in God and trusts in God and that I'm never moved and that I'm content in every circumstance and I'm not filled with worry. Yeah, all of those things I'm supposed to be, I fall short of every single day. So what do you think about 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1-11? through What do you think? how would you approach it all right it's already over an hour so i'll stop news if at yahoo.com news if at yahoo.com that's news if at yahoo.com that's news if at yahoo.com i don't have anything profound to say at the end other than I know I fall short of all of these things, and I hope that you would acknowledge the same with you, but maybe you don't. But there's much to think about. Second Second Peter chapter one, verses one through 11. Love your thoughts. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. And uh, well, there you go. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great evening. God bless.